Hello, welcome to Industry Reactions. Industry Reactions is a weekly briefing on industry events, changes, and future trends that impact your business. We're your hosts, Rick Honer and Mark Friedel from Chempoint. You can find Industry Reactions on YouTube, LinkedIn, and on Apple Podcasts. For those watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell, and smash that like button. We plan on discussing issues that impact the global industry and help you uncover new opportunities. We hope this will provide market intelligence that will keep you ahead of changing conditions. All right, and on to our first story today. It's going to be consistent with uh, the top stories that we've heard for the last four to six weeks now, and that's um, in regards to the winter storm, and more specifically how it ties into um, specialty chemical demand. So after a, a solid start to the year, Winter storms have dampened U.S. specialty chemicals market volumes in February. This is according to the American Chemistry Council. Volumes were down over 4% in February, bringing activity back to third quarter 2020 levels. Of the 28 specialty chemical segments that the ACC monitors, only six expanded in February, which is down from 21 that expanded in January. Of the six segments rising in February, only foundry chemicals, rubber processing chemicals, and textile specialties featured gains of 1% or more. On a year earlier basis, five chemical segments showed gains, cosmetics, electronic chemicals, flavors and fragrances, food additives, and waste management chemicals. Yeah, so specialties are not insulated from the impact. Not at all, but they don't appear to be down as much yet. All right, and in a similar vein, uh, so the mid-February freeze in Texas still has chemical production snarled. This is more than a month later, um, leading to persistent shortages of polymers and slowing downstream industries such as auto production. We've all seen those news stories. Um, chemical executives say the industry might not return to normal for another six months. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the weather event took out 28% of the Gulf Coast refining output, and much of it has been slowed to come back online because of damage. The impact on chemical production has been worse. The weather knocked out 80% of U.S. olefins and polyolefins capacity as of March 19th. Only 60% of the olefins output was back in operation. Significant polyolefins capacity is still offline as well. Specialty materials and engineering polymer companies also experienced outages. Covestro declared force majeure for polyurethane raw materials such as isocyanates and polyols, as well as polycarbonate resin. So still looking pretty dim. For sure. Well, one area you're seeing an uptick in is um, shipping containers. Um, commodities across the metals, petrochemicals, and agriculture sectors that typically ship in container vessels are increasingly turning to dry bulk vessels and other modes of transport as container freight costs soar. The Platts Container Index, a weighted average of a, of a spot freight cost on key container trade routes, was more than three and a half times higher than a year earlier, with container rates on some key routes currently four times higher than previous record highs, some cargo owners are seeking alternatives. That is a crazy graph, and you can see what it's doing to inbound freight costs. And with the situation that we saw in the Suez Canal that finally ended today, you can see that going even higher. Yeah. 
All right, now into rail traffic. During the week ending March 20th, chemical rail car traffic in North America was down 7.1% year over year, but up 5.4% from the previous week. The fourth consecutive gain since the sharp decline that followed winter storm URI, according to data from the Association of American Railroads. We should see that continue to climb. Plastic Energy is collaborating with ExxonMobil on a recycling project in France that will convert post-consumer plastic waste into raw materials for the manufacture of virgin quality polymers. Based on current plans, the project is expected to develop one of the largest facilities in Europe for the chemical recycling of polymers with initial capacity to process 25,000 metric tons per year of plastic waste and plans to scale up to 33,000 metric tons per year. The companies have been developing the plans since 2018. Well, that's a cool story to see. You know, Exxon's been um, may maybe a little farther behind to adopt some of the, um, I guess, circular economy <laughs> type, type movements. For sure. I think that's the second story we've seen from them um, along those lines in, in the last month. All right, so Kempoint in the news. Kempoint announced the expansion of our distribution agreement with Niaset Corporation. The agreement is extended to include the sales, marketing, and distribution of Niaproof antioxidant surfactant 08 in Mexico. This agreement is in addition to the existing relationship between the companies, which commenced in the United States in 2009 and later expanded into Europe, Middle East, and Africa before entering Mexico. So seeing some global expansion there through our business. Moving on to Enios. Enios says its energy business has agreed to sell its entire oil and gas interests offshore no Norway to Polish company PGNIG for 615 million as part of the efforts to rebalance its portfolio and position itself to invest further in the energy transition. The deal is expected to be completed later this year, subject to approval by the Nor Norwegian Energy and Finance Ministries. The deal includes all Ineos oil and gas interest in production, licenses, fields, facilities, and pipelines on the Norwegian continent shelf. All right, now into the food arena. So General Mills is set to sell its 51% controlling interest in Yoclay to Sodial, a leading French diary dairy cooperative. The proposed uh, transaction is expected to close by the end of calendar year 2021. In exchange, General Mills will acquire Sodial's 49% ownership interest in Yoplait Canada holding, making the Yoplait Canada yogurt business, which generated 290 million US dollars in sales in 2020, a wholly owned subsidiary of General Mills. General Mills will assume a royalty-free rate for use of the Yoplait and Liberté brands in the U.S. and Canada. All right, our last story for today is in regards uh, to Sika. Sika says it has acquired DryTac, a maker of floor covering adhesives in the U.S. Terms of the transaction, including purchase price, were not disclosed. DryTac has 21 million per year in revenue and has an especially strong position in the wood floor bonding market in the US. The DryTac product range, which includes polyurethane, modified silicone, and water-based technologies, will further enhance Sika's system solutions for floor covering application and give customers access to a large full range portfolio. More consolidation. 
More consolidation. Those guys seem to be the experts in the DIY market. Yeah. All right, and that's it for today. That's it for this week's edition. Uh, we'll return next week with a fresh batch of industry reactions. Until then, stay safe. Take care.